Travel Squad podcast. We're four friends that grew up together in the same small town. We followed each other to San Diego, and now we adventure the world together. One passport stamp at a time. We're here to share our travel stories and inspire you to go on your own adventures. Even if it starts with your own backyard. I'm Jamal. Brittany. Kim. And I'm Dana. And And we're we're the Travel Squad podcast. So grab your ticket, your passport, and don't forget your travel insurance. And prepare for takeoff. Hello, fellow travelers. Hey, Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 68 of the Travel Squad podcast. Today, we are taking you to Mount Rainier, or as I like to say, Rainier in (laughs) French, (laughs) and Olympic National Parks. Washington State, located in the Pacific Northwest of the United States, is home to both of these national parks, Mount Rainier and Olympic National Park. And between these two national parks, there are so many diverse natural landscapes like mountains, glaciers, rainforests, and some beautiful beaches. So whether you're coming to see the wildflowers in bloom, chase waterfalls, or explore the tide pools, the state of Washington has so many sites to see and activities to do. I've been to Olympic National Park before, not on a squad trip, but I was so excited for this trip because we're doing it as a squad and because one of my longtime friends, Leah, and her son, Ryder, who are big fans of the pod. Hey, guys. They just moved to Port Angeles, Washington, which is one of the closest cities to Olympic National Park. So I was going to be able to see them and see this amazing national park again, as well as Mount Rainier, which I had never been to before. It's Rainier. (laughs) <laughs> you have a big issue with Rainier. I can't stand what I say. I think it flows beautifully. <laughs> I do I mean, too. it is the French way if we're going to go with the spelling of it, sure. But um, <laughs> I've never heard someone describe Mount Rainier as Mount Rainier. So I'm just throwing it back by it. But it's A-OK. So again, these national parks, Mount Rainier and Olympic, are two of the three national parks that are in Washington. And we only did these two as a squad before we dropped off Kim and Zane at the airport before Brittany and I continued on to the third, which is North Cascades. But we're going to get to that in another episode. And right now we're going to focus on our squad trip to these two national parks, which are musts for anybody, that is for sure. Why don't we talk about some tips about going to these two national parks in Washington? So first tip is something that we did. We flew into Seattle and we rented an SUV. There's only four of us. We didn't really need the SUV, but the extra space was really nice because of mountain roads, Jamal's crazy driving. I don't know if my driving (laughs) is really crazy. I would say my driving is superb. I think I can be a race car driver if I wanted. That's how good my skills are, but that's a completely other episode. But yes, rent the SUV. And then of course, all that backseat space for napping. You know, whether or not we need the SUV is um, irrelevant, but at the same time, it is such a huge need for Kim and I. So very comfy. Another squad tip is to download the offline maps. A lot of these national parks, you're going to be going off the grid and you need to navigate between the parks or destinations. So downloading the offline maps gives you accessibility within the park. Another really good tip is to pack or buy a cooler. So when we say buy a cooler, we don't really mean buy like a full-blown igloo cooler like they have, but maybe the styrofoam ones that you can get at grocery stores. They're really good so that way you can pack some cold drinks, 
food to have lunches when you're in the park because they are rather remote with not a lot of things by them. And Brittany and I, what we did is we packed a collapsible cooler and we took that with us, filled it with ice, put in our lunches and drinks, and it's definitely a must for you guys. If you guys want to check out the show notes, we will link you to where we got the collapsible cooler so you can buy one of your own. It came in handy. Like, amazing. Came in real clutch. It was so clutch. Legit. Somersaulting into the next tip is bring your lunch or snacks into the park. And that coincides with the cooler, as we were discussing. But realistically, within these parks, there's not a lot of places to get that food that you want. So you might want to bring it in. I mean, if you're okay with just nuts and a few things that you don't really need to refrigerate, whatever. But we like to get, you know, meats, cheeses, crackers, or even sandwiches to bring in. So the cooler, again, comes in handy for that. So bring your own snacks and lunches into the park. Also, we stayed at hotels that offered us breakfast bagged lunches and they would also provide like apple juice or orange juice or a yogurt. And so if you didn't eat them, the collapsible cooler came in handy so you could put those things in and eat after a hike. You said lunches. I think you meant breakfasts. Breakfast. Breakfast. And fill up your cooler with the ice machine at the hotel. So you don't have to spend money on ice. I tell you, we had a lot of apple juices on this trip. Delicious. They came in clutch you after know the what? hike. A, yeah, freezing and they were cold, nice cold. A freezing cold apple juice after a long, hot hike was so good. It was so refreshing. Another tip we have for you is to get to the trailheads early. I don't know if it's because we were in the times of COVID and all you could do was go out to these national parks. So I feel like they would fill up quickly. So you would want to get to the trailheads early so you could have most of the trail by yourself. You had adequate parking and the trails weren't too crowded. Even outside of COVID, though, I would say Mount Rainier National Park is a very well-visited national park. So the earliness would be very clutch to that even outside COVID. Olympic, from what I see from the statistics, is not very well-visited in terms of the numbers as Mount Rainier. But still, you know, you do want to get there early and make the most of your day. And who wants to get to the national park and fight for parking? I definitely don't. It perturbs me when that's the case. And then another reason why you want to start early is because it's probably going to be pretty hot. And so you definitely want to bring sunscreen or hats, wear a hat so you're protected from the sun. Some of the hikes that we'll talk about that we did didn't have a lot of shade on a lot of it. So definitely put sunscreen on no matter what time of year it is. All right. So you have your tips. You're ready to lace up your hiking boots and get going on these trips. So we started out by flying to Seattle, picking up our rental car and driving to Tacoma because Tacoma is pretty close to Mount Rainier, which is the first national park that we visited during this trip. And I loved Mount Rainier National Park. Jamal and I had had this conversation prior to us going on the trip and we were wondering which national park are we going to like more? And we both kind of said we think we're going to like Olympic more, but we were actually really surprised with how beautiful Mount Rainier was. And I think that one of my favorite parts is Mount Rainier is so massive and it's just such an iconic focal point for the entire park. Yeah, and it seemed like no matter what we did, we could see Mount Rainier. Driving, hiking. Yeah, so Mount Rainier is actually a active volcano, believe it or not. So it's dormant right now, but it definitely still can be active when it wants to be in time here. So like Brittany was saying, it's that beautiful focal point. It's just a beautiful snow-capped volcanic mountain, and everything around it is just beautiful. And I really, really did love it a lot out there. But 
One thing I did want to say is Brittany mentioned we did stay in Tacoma, which is the next major city south of Seattle. So maybe not a lot of people know it because they think Seattle, but it is close to the National Park, and that's why we recommend staying there. Otherwise, if you want to stay a little bit closer, you're staying in very low populated towns, maybe not a lot to do or things that you want to see. So that's why Tacoma. I would recommend one thing in Tacoma. And that is where we got coffee Ooh. on day one. Ooh. I like to call it titty coffee if or, I'm going to be real honest about it. Titty coffee is the unofficial name. Um, I think this was actually day two we found one. Do you guys remember the name of it? I don't remember the name of it, unfortunately. Well, it doesn't matter. There's a whole bunch of different kinds around the area. But it's basically a very small coffee shack that you drive up to order from. When the window slides open, though, your barista looks a little different. The barista is wearing straight up lingerie. <laughs> so depending on your barista of the day, you know, you may get a little bit better or worse of a show depending on what it is you're trying to see. Now, granted, I'm called it Titty Coffee. They're not out here naked. They are in lingerie. So, you know, the first time I was in Seattle on a completely other trip, I was getting coffee by happenstance, came across these with Brittany's brother who was living there at the time and had no clue that this was a legit thing, but they really do do that up there. They have coffee shops where the girls wear straight up lingerie. Our barista was wearing a mesh long bikini. Very nice lady and good coffee. Yes. So definitely check that out when you're in Tacoma and you're going to Mount Rainier. Has nothing to do with the national parks, <laughs> but just in general, if you're out in the area, yeah, it. I mean, you got to do it. It's a novelty thing, right? I mean, where else in the world do you know where your baristas are wearing straight up lingerie? I don't. The only place I know is in Washington. I think it was called Ladybug Espresso. Mm, okay. So if you see one, keep your eyes peeled. This is not something you want to miss. They kind of have red lights as if it's like the red light district too. Mm -hmm. And it's the best way to get jazzed up for your hikes. I remember that when Brittany was asking me if I'm going to get anything, I looked at her and I was like, oh, wow, this is really expensive coffee because I think it's like six or seven dollars for your small latte. And so then Brittany looks at me and she's like, oh, but it's a part of the experience, Sana. And when she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 you're right. OK, I'll go ahead and get a vanilla latte. <laughs> it's like when we were in Hawaii and we went to the St. Regis to watch the sunset and then they charged us for the drinks and you're paying $20 for a cocktail. Am I getting screwed? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But is it part of the experience? Why, yes, it is. I mean, that's what got me to say yes. When Brittany said it's a part of the experience, I am always about the experience. I just so remember we were, yeah. we were driving and we saw one and Jamal's immediately pulled the skirt pulled into the driveway <laughs> to get this. It was OK. So you have to do it. We, we were looking for them and we came across one. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's get back to the parks, though. Enough so, about titty coffee, although I enjoy titty we coffee. We can come back to titty coffee. Yes. <laughs> the day that we did Mount Rainier was my 35th birthday. Woo. Happy birthday, Zaina. Thank happy you. Birthday. And I completely forgot it was my birthday, too. So when everyone said happy birthday, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Anyways, before we get into it, what I really want to say is that as we were driving to Mount Rainier, and I'm going to continue to say it like that because that's the easier way for me. Rainier. <laughs> Rainier. Just Mount to make Rainier. Jamal perturbed. Rainier. Potato, <laughs> potato, right? So anyways, we're driving up to it or into the park. And as Brittany had said earlier, you can see it everywhere. It's a huge focal point. And Brittany made the comment that 50% of people who actually climb Mount Rainier, Mount Rainier, make it to the top. Now, we weren't actually climbing Mount Rainier, so that's not important. 
But that statistic is going to be very important the closer we get to the end of the episode, because in the car ride, we all playfully fought over who would be the 50%. And immediately I was discounted. Yeah. Yeah. I totally discounted Brittany because when we were hiking the Inca Trail, Brittany had the, I don't want to say biggest issue because it's not like she had an issue, but like the altitude affected her the most. So I immediately said, Brittany's out and I'm a part of the 50%. What did you say, Jamal? I said me and Brittany would be the 50% to the top. Brittany? I was like, all right, guys. Yes, the altitude did really affect me. So I'll sit this one out and I'll let you guys fight it out. Kim? I said, I don't know who the second person would be, but I'll definitely be up there. So keep that in mind, okay? Because that's going to have huge significance the closer we get to the But I do want to get into the episode, but I want to say something real quick. And I'm calling this his final word. I don't think anybody but you put you in that 50% for you on top, Zana. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) You know what? I said final word, final word. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I run long distance. I do hike. I fucking dominated the Inca Trail. But you know what, Jamal? You're entitled to your own opinion. I think it was everybody's opinion. We'll put it out for a vote on the day this episode goes (laughs) out. You guys tell us who you think would be on the top of the mountain. All right, but legit, let's get into it. So the first hike that we did was called Notches Peak Loop Trail, and it was 3.3 miles round trip in this loop. And this trail is known for its beautiful wildflowers during the summer season, the meadows, and of course, the beautiful iconic views of Mount Rainier. So squad tip... The trail clockwise is supposed to get you the best views of Mount Rainier as you're doing it. And where we parked, we thought we were doing it clockwise, but turns out we actually did it in counterclockwise. So when you go, be sure to do it that way and don't mess up on the parking like we did. But nonetheless, you know, you just turn around, you get the amazing views, even though sometimes our back was turned to Mount Rainier, just the surrounding area and the wildflowers were just so beautiful. So you really can't go wrong, but if you can do it in the clockwise fashion. After we did this hike, which was a great hike, we drove on to the Grove of the Patriarchs, which was about 30 minutes from this trail. And it was, kind. Of, if you remember back to our Sequoia episode where we're talking about a loop you can walk through and see these beautiful trees, this was exactly like that. An easy-ish nature trail. It goes through thousand-year-old cedar and Douglas fir trees, huge towering trees. You're in the middle of this beautiful forest. And this trail has a suspension bridge that you have to go across that is spooky as hell. And (laughs) okay, so there's a sign right in front that says one person at a time to go across this bridge. But while we were going across it, it was literally like person after person on this bridge. There was no... There may have been a little social distancing, but definitely not enough. Well, they were social distancing in terms of the direction. Like if somebody was trying to cross it one way, everybody was waiting and there wasn't that cross traffic, but no one was really going one at a time. Mm -hmm. They were going in groups of five, going in groups of 10, and that causes the suspension bridge to really sway. It was swaying. And so it's not like it's super high and, oh, if it busted, you're in a gorge and you're going to fall and die. I mean, it's like 20 feet up, uh, maybe a little bit less actually from the river that you're crossing, but it's still adds to that craziness of it because no one was really following that rule. But what I really like the most about this trail, the Grove of the Patriarchs, I mean, you're really kind of in the rainforest at this. You're starting to see some of the moss growing on the trees, these tall, towering trees. 
not as tall as Sequoia and the Redwoods, if I may say, you know, mm-hmm. just paying homage to our home state of California here where those are here and beautiful. <laughs> but nonetheless, these were really awesome in the Grove of the Patriarchs. So impressive to see. So for the first trail that we did, the Notches Peak Loop, you did not need a mask. But for this one that we're talking about now, I would say wear a mask because it gets super crowded when mm-hmm. you're getting ready to cross the suspension Absolutely. bridge. Absolutely. And it's, yeah, I think we waited at least 10 to 15 minutes just to be able to cross the bridge. And you're around a lot of people, so bring your mask. And one of the first highlights when you cross the suspension bridge is a tree that's knocked over and you can stand in the roots and the roots are just like towering above you. It's like the base of the tree and it's a really cool photo op opportunity and people kind of gather around that area. So you do want to wear a mask while you're there. Yeah, I think the trunk of the tree was probably seven, eight feet wide. Had some girth, huh? Oh, some massive girth. So get up in there and get your photo with it. I think it. I saw all you ladies feeling up the girth on that tree. Mm-hmm. Had my hands all over. How can Double. you not? I even <laughs> think I got on it too. And from the Grove of the Patriarchs Trail, we took a drive to Narada Falls, which was a beautiful waterfall. And it's a short, steep trail down. You definitely don't want to miss it because it's just so beautiful to see. And it is a 0.3 mile round trip, so less than half a mile. And like Brittany was saying, it is steep going down. And where you park, it's quite deceiving. You don't really realize where you're parking and where you start the trail. You can't see the waterfall, but then you get down to that area after you make that little trek down, and then you can see it. And it's so beautiful and not to be missed, that is for sure. I love that waterfall. That was so pretty. Yeah, it's about 188 feet, I think it is, and just really amazing for sure. You just see the water cascading over the rocks and running down. And at this point in time, we took this trip in September and it was a little bit misty and a little bit eerie. And it was just really added to the ambience of being at this falls. You know what I really remember about this place is that there was a guy walking around in bike shorts and they were very tight and he was packing. (laughs) I do remember that. (laughs) I don't remember that. You don't remember that, Brittany? Oh my God, this guy was packing. I remember you being like, you have to see this. You have to see this. (laughs) Really tight. That was some girth. I was going to say, Zaina was impressed by that girth and uh, (laughs) length and bulge, apparently. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily wear that to the waterfall. I saw it and I was like, this guy's stuffing. There's no way. (laughs) (laughs) Some people pack. So you never know what you're going to see out at the waterfall. (laughs) So Zaina, this was your birthday day. So why don't you tell us what we did next? So from there, we drove to Crystal Mountain. And I was super excited about this because, you know, I just show up. I don't really know what we're going to do until we actually are doing it. But I do remember the squad telling me that we are going to take a gondola ride up and we are going to get drinks at the very top of a mountain. So this was super exciting. So it was about 47 miles from Narada Falls, about one and a half hour drive time. And we ordered the tickets ahead of time. So we didn't actually have to buy the tickets there. You can do it online. And then you get into a line and it's about a 12 minute gondola ride up for gorgeous dramatic views of Mount Rainier. By the way, every hike or point of attraction we went to that had a view of Mount Rainier always said dramatic views of Mount Rainier. Every single one of them. Everyone. And they were. They are dramatic. That (laughs) is for damn sure. I mean, that's what I really liked about it. Several things. One, like we were saying earlier, it really is just such a dramatic focal point. So most places you are in the park, you're going to see it just because it's towering. You can tell it's a volcano. It's beautifully snow-capped. There's no trees because it's up so high. But 
there are some places that you can't see, but when you do see it, again, every place is dramatic. And this gondola ride up to the top to give you even more dramatic views, <laughs> completely stunning, that is for sure. So squad tip. The entire day we were wearing hiking clothes, but for this excursion, we did want to look cute. So we brought a change of clothes to change in the car before we went up. So that was fine. And they do have bathrooms there on the floor before you go up into the gondola. And we were excited because apparently there is a restaurant at the very top, but it's limited hours and they announced it at the bottom, but we didn't pay attention. We didn't see that. So as soon as we got to the top, they said, oh, the restaurant is closed. But due to social distancing, the restaurant doesn't have that much space. And there was a huge ass line at the top anyways. So it really, I don't know, the restaurant to me is kind of like, it was there. So but check the hours before yeah. you go up if you're planning on eating there. And it deterred our plans. We were going to mm -hmm. eat up there, have a drink, but we were fortunate enough, even though the restaurant itself was closed, they had vendors outside of the restaurant that were actually selling hamburgers, hot dogs. They were even selling beer. So these were like individual little tents and stands outside of the restaurant on top. So rest assured, we definitely got our drinks up there. Unfortunately, didn't get the food that we wanted, but we all had our drink, sat and just enjoyed the view from the top. And I think this was at the highest elevation that we really were that day, just looking out onto Mount Rainier. And it, again, it was just so spectacular. It really was. And at one point, as we were sitting there drinking our beer, there was a bird. There was so much wind <laughs> that there was a bird out there with his wings open and he didn't even have to flap. He was staying in the exact same place for the longest time because the wind just held him there. I mean, it was, was fascinating. It was like a glitch bird. in the matrix, man. Like he was just like literally hovering in one spot, like no movement. I was like, wow, this bird is just in one place and one place only stuck in time. But I don't think we mentioned this. The cost of the tickets up are $30 round trip for the gondolas. If you are so adventurous, you can hike it from my understanding, but I wouldn't do that because you will get the view at the very end, but there are way better hiking trails within the park itself to actually do the hiking and get views of Mount Rainier. So don't waste your time hiking that up. Just do the splurge, take the gondolas. You won't regret it. Hey travelers, we want to stop for a quick minute to tell you about a really exciting product we put together just for you. As you all know, we love getting you excited to visit places for yourself by sharing what we did and making it easier by giving you squad tips that we learned along the way. The Travel Squad has created something to provide even more value for you in addition to our episodes by detailing trip itineraries and comprehensive multi-page guides with everything you need to know to do the trip right. These itineraries include information on what to see and do in the area, where to stay, directions for the best routes, and even where to eat along the way, and we put them into these beautiful PDF guides just for you. We created itineraries for a week in Yellowstone and Grand Tetons, Big Island, Hawaii, and an itinerary for an American Southwest road trip. Woo! And so many more itineraries to come. We are so excited to announce that they are now available to purchase on our website. So go over to travelsquadpodcast.com to get yours today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Going back to the gondolas and taking the gondolas up and down, I didn't know you guys were such scaredy cats until I shook the gondola. Oh my God. We're at the top of this gondola where it's windy and we're already like hearing weird noises and Brittany starts shaking her body around. (laughs) (laughs) And all of us, the three of us were like, Brittany, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, I don't mind heights, but then Brittany just goes and does some stupid shit like that. I'm like, what the fuck are you (laughs) doing? It was so funny though. Brittany, the way she, well, because we had, because for COVID, (laughs) I'm assuming they had the windows cracked very slightly in the gondolas. Right. Mm -hmm. And so as we're getting, to the top and we have less cover from the surrounding hills and mountains you can see at the very last tail bit the gondola in front of us is starting to shake a little bit more you can hear the wind coming through the cracked windows you could at, feel yeah, the you could feel it very slightly like you could start to feel it have that little bit more of sway and then Brittany <laughs> just has to go and be a bitch and be like oh, I'm gonna shake the whole thing side <laughs> to side and then she like jumps and almost does like a stomp and we're like what the fuck are you doing yeah I am not afraid of the gondolas it's for the record I'm not afraid of the gondolas i'm afraid of someone shaking the gondola well we are also talking about like if this broke right now how would our gondola fall down the mountain it looked like it would have a bad tumble (laughs) (laughs) and then i did that shake and that just really pissed them off (laughs) but it was kind of funny yeah but in the time of covid i mean like jamal said the windows were cracked and before you even get in they completely spray down the seats and everything so you're taken care of and then a little bit more about crystal mountain it has more than just the restaurant at the top there's a couple at the bottom it's also a really big place for skiing we had we saw a lot of ski trails so if you come in the winter and you want to do some skiing and you can stay there it's a resort too so if you're coming for more than just the gondola ride there's a lot more to see and do This was actually the only place in the park that I had cell reception as well. Right on the top of the mountain too. So those offline maps will come in clutch. So we did that. We didn't get our food. So we wanted to find a place to eat. We had burgers on the mine. So we went back to towards Tacoma where we were staying for the night. We got a halfway decent burger from a local spot. And then we called it a night. I think that's what we did. So I'm the only one who didn't get a burger because I saw that they had a fish burrito. Sounds crazy. (laughs) Disgusting. On the menu. And to me, that sounded dynamite. And let me tell you something. My fish burrito was insane in the membrane i can't even remember the last time i've said that phrase fish like, burrito or so good it was so good it was called a fish wrap but really it's a fish burrito fish burrito or the wrap from Kauai. I will say this, though. I did try your fish burrito. I think the sauce is what made it. But me, I'm more of fish taco type guy. Mm, I don't know. I really, really enjoyed my dinner. And the squad treated me that night. So thank you. Since it was my birthday. So the next day, we went back to Mount Rainier because you have to go back and just enjoy all of the dramatic views. Like Kim said earlier, every hike we researched said, 
wonderful, dramatic views <laughs> of Mount Rainier in the backdrop. So we decided to do one of the most popular trails in the park, and it was called Skyline Trail. It was a two-hour drive from Tacoma, but it was so worth it. And the first part of the hike is paved, but it is pretty steep. So it can be a little bit challenging. Pretty steep. That shit was steep. The reason it's called Skyline Trail is because you hike like vertically to the sky's line. (laughs) I mean, this is the highest you're going to get on Mount Rainier. Skyline Trail is on Mount Rainier. And this is the highest elevation you're going to get without actually climbing to the summit itself. So do keep that in mind. But as much as we're saying it's very steep, the initial ascend, it is paved, but it is very, very worth it. This hike may be one of my favorites, if not the favorite hike of this whole trip. So before you start, they do have bathrooms there in the parking lot, and those were decent bathrooms. Yeah, I'd Um, give it an 8 out of 10 for bathrooms. Yeah, Flushable bathrooms, so that's nice, and they were pretty big. And then the trail starts right there next to the bathrooms. Like they said, super, super steep. So even though the squad was talking shit about me making it to the top of Mount Rainier, I still love to run uphill. And I began this trek with an uphill run. And I told Jamal, film me so we can put this on the gram. And at one point, I was running so fast that I got to Brittany and Kim because they were a little bit ahead. And I stick my hands out like Rocky to high five <laughs> them. And they both left me hanging. So I, I, like, I, I just want to say, on the gram. you're running and you only caught up to Brittany and Kim who were walking. So how good was your run? Stop, stop, stop. This is a little bit more higher up <laughs> when eventually they passed us. But no, you and I were leading the trail. I know, you mean you guys I'm, were lagging behind us? I'm giving you a hard time. But no, I really love this hike a lot. Again, this gets you the closest to the summit of Mount Rainier without really doing it. And this trail, again, you get above the tree line. It's at such a high elevation, the trees don't grow anymore. So you just see the beautiful snow-capped Mount Rainier. It's your iconic focal point for the entire trail. You have beautiful green lush foliage growing and amazing wildflowers and i was so impressed by the wildflowers i think that was my favorite part i just really wasn't expecting it to be so green and so many wildflowers on this trail that was the best part for me when they said it was the most popular trail like they're not kidding because we started pretty early and when you're walking up once you get rid of the paved portion and you're actually on the gravel portion of the trail like you are in a line walking up like literally a line. So if you need to take a break, you have to step to the side to get out of the line. So there are times where you don't even want to stop because like literally 50 people are going to pass you because it's such a condensed line. The trail is narrow. Yeah. Yes, it is. And a few squad tips. Hike it clockwise for the best views. And it's going to take about four to five hours, even though it's only a six mile trail because it is pretty steep and you're going to stop for photos and to rest and all of that. And then you're also going to stop to take an offshoot to Myrtle Falls. And it's a very beautiful viewpoint of a waterfall with Mount Rainier in the background. However, Kim might tell you otherwise. What a beautiful scene that was. (laughs) 
<laughs> so pretty much when you're done with the hike, then you get to Myrtle Falls. You're literally like half a mile, if not less, away back to the parking lot when you're at Myrtle Falls. And I, I still can't even believe this, Kim. Tell us about what you thought Myrtle Falls was because uh, my mind's still fucking blown. Just well, we did about this it. offshoot. There's a huge line to get in to just see a picture. So you basically get in, see it, take a picture and get out so people can go in. So that's what I did. I saw the waterfall, I got the picture, and I left, not seeing Mount Rainier in the background. So all my pictures of the waterfall are of the waterfall without Mount Rainier in it. I didn't even know it was there. I mean, it's just like right above it. You didn't even pay attention to the volcano that was snow-capped at the Apparently top. Apparently not, because okay. then they were talking about it as we're leaving. And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? I didn't see that. And then they brought up their pictures. I'm like, wow, how did I not see that? You were so focused on the waterfall, you didn't even realize the Mount Rainier in the back. Yeah, I was just trying to get in and get out. In and out. My favorite part, too, was Jamal and I are owners of the Travel Stamp booklet. And we bought the Mount Rainier stamp. And it is exactly that Myrtle Falls with Mount Rainier in the background. So I think I took a screenshot of that or a picture of that. And I sent it to Kim. And I was like, does this look familiar? (laughs) It's funny because... Again, Kim only took a photo of the waterfall without Mount Rainier (laughs) in the back. I took an elongated vertical that showed the entire waterfall and Mount Rainier. And then guess what? That exact photo that Kim (laughs) begged me to send to her that included it was the exact photo of our travel stamp national park book that Bernie's talking about. So very iconic spot. You know what, Kim? I feel for you. I totally get it because all we were talking about was a waterfall, a waterfall. How are you supposed to know it's above Mount Rainier? The other mm-hmm. thing, too. Is- oh, because it's just right behind it. <laughs> That's how you're supposed to know because it's like right there. Well, I got you back, Kim. <laughs> the other thing, too, is that like it legit is a line to even be able to see the waterfall. Like you are in line on stairs descending down Mm -hmm. maybe like five people can actually see the waterfall at one point and so you're quickly taking a picture and then you're walking back up the stairs so the next people in line can get their picture like it's not a big space to lounge around and view and enjoy it not like Narada Falls where it's a much bigger viewing space where you can take in all the sites Mm -hmm. so squad tip If you're short on time or if you're looking for a shorter or less challenging hike, consider the Nisqually Vista Trail because it's in the same area of the park and it would also give great views of Mount Rainier. Dramatic views? Dramatic views. It did say dramatic views. And I actually told Kim, I don't know if we're going to do this 1.2 mile loop because... It said it offers dramatic views, but I don't know how they can be more dramatic than this right now. <laughs> and we were pretty much on Mount Rainier yeah, on the we skyline. So I, how could it be anymore? But rest assured, you know, Brittany, easy day. This was on the to-do list, but we did not do it because we were completely satisfied with the skyline. So you know if what? you don't want to do six miles, do this one. I think that's part of the reason I didn't notice Mount Rainier in the background. I was exhausted from the skyline trail that I was like, cool waterfall. I'm getting my pick and getting out. Because you're 30 now. (laughs) There was no shade on this trail. That's another thing that you should note too. Like it is steep. There's no shade whatsoever. It was hot. hot. I've never injured myself on a hike. And I injured myself on this hike. Because at one point, I don't know what the hell happened. But I lost (laughs) my footing. And I flew in the air. And thankfully, Brittany broke my fall. I sure did. <laughs> I don't even know what happened. I think like I clawed Brittany. I scratched. I don't know what even what happened. Like it was so crazy. But like 
Yeah, I twisted my ankle. I was fine to walk, but like my ankle was really sore. And the only reason I didn't fall to the ground was because Brittany broke a really tough fall. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) So from this trail, we were debating which way we should go to Port Angeles. And we were debating if we wanted to make a pit stop at a place called High Steel Bridge and continue on to Port Angeles or if we wanted to drive straight through. And keep in mind, we're going to Port Angeles now because we're done with Mount Rainier. Port Angeles, you may recognize the name if you're a Twilight fan. I'm not. I just know it from the girls. But (laughs) you may recognize Port Angeles from that. It is the nearest big town to Olympic National Park on the west coast of Washington, close to the Canadian border, close to the Pacific coast. I mean, pre-COVID, you could take a ferry across to Canada. Yes, to Vancouver or Victoria, Canada. You, yes. you see it right there. So we were debating which way we wanted to go to Port Angeles, which we were staying that night. That's where Kim's friend and our friend Leah lives. And obviously, this is where we're going to be staying going into Olympic. And why don't you tell us why there was a discrepancy or thought process on which way we we're going to go, Brittany? Well, if we wanted to drive from where we were to Port Angeles direct, it was like, I want to say about three hours or so. But if we wanted to make the pit stop at the High Steel Bridge, it would be about five hours. And so we were wondering, should we invest the extra time? Is this stopover going to be worth it? And what do you guys think? Worth it. So worth it. You know what? I actually really didn't think anything like going into the bridge. I was like, yeah, whatever. It's going to be a bridge. I'm so glad and grateful that we stopped here because like this bridge was so fucking cool. And so what this is, the high steel bridge, it's off of the main road. So that's why it adds the extra time if you're going to be going to Port Angeles. But what it really is, is it's the highest railway arch bridge ever built in the United States. It's 360 feet above the Skokomish River, I think is how you pronounce it. Very tough to pronounce. It's a Native American name. So forgive my mispronunciation, I'm sure of it. But the bridge is no longer used for trains or railways and it's now pretty much a narrow one-way road bridge and by one way i don't mean you could only go one way across it but uh it's only enough pretty much for one car so really from one side to the other you got to be mindful hey is a car coming because there's not a lot of way for cross traffic on it but it's just spanning these two opposing mountaintops and just lush green trees around it and the river below it really is a sight to see We probably only spent like maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes here because once you see it, there's not much else to see. But what we would recommend to get a cool photo is to sit on the edge of the bridge. And yes, it's safe because there's a kind of like barrier. A railing. railing barrier. So you're not going to fall off. But dangle your feet, point the camera down and get a picture of your feet hanging off from 360 feet up. Zayna didn't want to join Kim and I in that picture. No, you know what? That causes too much anxiety for me. And they do have signs. Now, of course, we were not actually descending from the bridge. But what's crazy to me is like they do have signs saying do not descend from the bridge. Do not climb down to the bottom because people have tried this and they do and will die. Like it was dramatic. That Came is dramatic. Came up with a cool podcast episode when we were there. <laughs> so, uh, um, yeah, that was so crazy. So then when you actually walk out to the bridge and you see down, you're just like, holy shit, this is really, really high. So I did not opt to hang my feet over, but instead I did race Jamal across the bridge and I gave him the big W. Uh, I don't know if you gave me the big W more so than I earned it. Um, I'd like <laughs> to think you think you're... Uh, 
athletic and you are a runner, which you are, but uh, I put the jet burners on on that one, Zaina, and I smoked you, if I'm being you honest. You did, yeah. I was rooting for you, Zaina, but it was a lost cause. At one point, I even almost <laughs> gave up, and then, like, as you can see me slow down, like, oh, there she goes. She gave up, and I was like, no, I can't give up, and then I completely, like, I sped up again. So I, I raced you until the end. I like to think of Jamal as the... Uh, hair and me as the tortoise. So you do get that head start, Jamal. You you got that in Boise as well. But I do think I'm that tortoise that chugs along and can't wait to see how this race ends. Well, we'll see. <laughs> but see, we didn't even drive across it because like I said, you can drive across it. It's very narrow, but we parked before the bridge and just walked across ourselves. And what I really liked about the bridge too is a lot of people go out there and if you want to call it street art, graffiti, whatever it is, but a lot of people are spray painting or painting photos, sayings on the bridge. So it really is its own like historic art piece also. And I found that to be fun just looking at the artwork yeah. on the bridge. So from there, we continued on to Port Angeles and we stayed at the Riviera Inn Motel and we met up with Leah and Ryan and Kyle for dinner. And we ate dinner at Songoku Hibachi, which was a really good sushi and hibachi teppanyaki type of restaurant that I enjoyed the meal there, so I would recommend. I really enjoyed it, actually. Oh, I enjoyed good. the sushi. It's been a while since I've had Japanese food. I'm still not really going out to eat food locally here in San Diego. Only when we travel am I going out to eat sometimes because I'm forced to. So it was nice to be out, but it was very, very nice. The only thing is that Port Angeles at the time was at 50% allowed capacity in any given restaurant due to COVID. And this restaurant was like 110%. Yeah, I will say this. They probably weren't limiting capacity. So that sketched me out at first. But... Oh, I was freaked out the entire time during dinner. Well, we all survived. So don't worry about it at this point anymore. But... Something to know about Port Angeles is that it is a small town. So they do have plenty of restaurants to choose from, but it is a small town. So you're not going to have everything that you'd find in like Seattle, for example. Right. And what is also really nice about it is it's right next to the water. So you can get water views too. A lot of seafood. And lots of seafood. Cool. So we that was our night. We called it a night. We woke up bright and early the next day to hit Olympic National Park. I don't even think it was bright when we woke up yet. But No, I don't. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We got to keep on schedule. So we headed over to Olympic National Park and... It is a little bit of a drive from Port Angeles. It took about two hours to get to the Ho Rainforest, which was going to be our first stop. And we wanted to do a trail that was a combination trail. It's called the Spruce Nature Trail and Hall of Mosses Loop, which together made about three miles. And when you enter Olympic National Park, you are imagining just lush green vegetation growing all over the trees. It almost looking like Narnia, kind of eerie moss is covering everything moss is covering everything it's just so beautiful and that's exactly what you get when you go to olympic national park in the ho forest the ho rainforest oh my god it's so cool it was a little warm on the day that we went but i had been before and it was misty and eerie and foggy and so cool it's like not a place that you're going to find just everywhere. It's it's really unique. That's what I was hoping for when we had gone was what you had the first time when you went on the non-squad trip, Kim, was just that foggy, rainforesty vibe where you can see mist in the air. 
you know there's precipitation and moisture, it's a rainforest, just give it that extra vibe. But even though it was sunny, when we were walking through there, I mean, you could still just really see all the greenery. I'm not just talking about the tree and the foliage on the tree. It's covered in moss, all the tree trunks, even when we crossed a little bridge that went over a creek, even the rocks in the creek, the water is so clear, but you see to the bottom and it's green because there's moss growing on the rocks within the water. And so it just gives you this whole ambiance that's just absolutely hard to describe. You have to be in it. And when you're there, you just feel some sort of like magical feeling because I've never been in an environment quite like that. And what I really liked about just even Olympic National Park in general was that, you know, here in California and other places, when you go to the mountains, you see the mountains. And at some point, the tree line actually stops because they can't grow above a certain point. But here in Olympic National Park on the Pacific Northwest, even though it's very mountainous, the mountains aren't very tall. So where there's not trees at the top. So I feel like even of all my traveling I've done, I've never really been in a place where at the top of mountains, I see just tree after tree. Like there was no blind spot of trees where I just saw bare rock. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. One of the really cool things that we did, and this is like closer to the end of the trail, but uh, I guess a tree had fallen. And so the roots obviously were just there because the tree's on the ground. And it's not just like your average tree. I would say that you could climb the roots and it's 20 feet high. Like it was- And, and wide. Yeah, like it was so huge. And so- Had some girth. Yeah, massive. Massive, <laughs> massive girth. So- I was wearing a short skirt, so I didn't feel like it was appropriate to climb the roots. Zana, unprepared again. <laughs> you wore a skirt that day? I did, and I didn't have any underwear either. What? Yes. Oh so I'm just like, did you shit yourself three times a day, and that's what happened? <laughs> I did not. I couldn't. <laughs> so Wait, bring, okay, We now we can take Zana off. She did not, right, bring extra underwear on the show notes. Because she didn't bring any underwear at all. <laughs> no, but you know what? You also didn't need like hiking clothes because this wasn't Well, like this is more trail. The, the, exactly. These ones that we did at this point were trails. So I agree. But still, I would not wear a skirt into the rainforest. A skirt Dana. with nothing underneath. <laughs> well, I did. I'm adventurous. And so I couldn't climb the roots there. So luckily, if you go around, this is a big ass tree. But if you go around, you can climb the tree from the back. And since You could was, actually climb the trunk in the girl. Huh? Yeah, you could. And so since there was no one back there, I was like, oh, okay, perfect. This will be great. So I climbed there and then I walked up the, the trunk of the tree to the back where you guys were. And so I did make it to the top. I just actually didn't climb. I walked. You didn't climb the roots. I did not climb the roots. I <laughs> climb, I, I jumped onto the stem and I climbed the stem dominated the girth well the other thing mm -hmm. too is yeah because the girth is so big that it's just like it's not exactly like a balancing game you're walking a 10 foot wide stem to the top and shout out to Leah Ryder and Kyle again going back to what we were saying earlier Kim has known Leah for a really long time, really good friends from our hometown of Woodland just as well, had recently moved there. So they came with us exploring the whole rainforest in Olympic. And so we had a really good time out there. I, I loved it, you know, and again, this goes back to something we've said in other episodes before, and we'll say it again. Not all national parks require extensive hiking. You can do things 
that don't necessarily, yes, we climbed and mounted the tree, but this trail here in the whole rainforest that we did, it's not very long mileage wise. It's relatively flat. So easily accessible if anybody is legitimately mobile. No physical exertion needed to complete this. And also the Spruce Nature Trail also towards the end gives you views and you can go down to the Ho River and touch the water as well, which is really nice and refreshing before you head on out. I think these trails too, there's a few different ones. We mentioned a couple. The Ho River Trail is another. They all start in that general area. And the Ho Rainforest is just one part of the climate systems that Olympic has, but it's definitely one that you'll want to take your time exploring. I think my favorite part about this area of the park all the ferns. It's just covered in fern trees everywhere. And they're so beautiful. I felt like I was in a Jurassic Park movie in here because of all the ferns. It's that rustic, like old prehistoric foliage that's out there too. I forgot about the ferns. Yeah, there are a lot of ferns just lining the floor. So like when we think of forests, at least I do, because not that I had the misconception of how different forests can look, but being here in California, you know, you just really see trees here. There's really stuff all over the forest floor too from Mm -hmm. ferns and other types of small plants. So just a completely different ambiance. But after we were done with the Ho Rainforest, we stopped in Forks, Washington, which is a small town by Olympic National Park. And why don't you ladies tell us a little bit about Forks? I think Kim was probably more excited about this one. Because I, I think she's a, Team Edward. I, w- I am Team Edward, and I was a big twihard when the movies and the books came out. Love them. And this is where it takes place. Forks, Washington is where Bella lives and where she met Edward. And it was filmed in the area, too. So they have Bella's truck from the movie there, so you can go and take pictures with it. They have the Welcome to Forks sign right there, which we definitely got a picture by. It's just a quick stop, but it's one you have to do since you're there anyway. And Forks was a small little town where we could pick up a to-go lunch. And our idea was to pick up a Subway sandwich and head to Rialto Beach so we can enjoy our lunch at the beach. Not La Push, Rialto. Rialto. (laughs) And Rialto Beach is a beach that is part of Olympic National Park. So when you get into Forks, the town... You know, that is not part of the national park, but then they have a section of the beach area and the coastal area, which is now again part of Olympic National Park. So we said to ourselves, let's pick up our Subway sandwich for lunch, put it in that cooler that we talked about earlier, maybe get a few beers at the gas station too, (laughs) go to the beach, have an amazing lunch and drink, which is exactly what we did. And I really loved Rialto Beach because if you can envision in your mind, if you have the stereotype of your thought of what you would think the beaches look like in the Pacific Northwest, just really not sandy at all, rocky, big boulders out in the water close to the edge of the beach itself. Driftwood. Driftwood, yeah, sea stacks. This is what Rialto Beach looked like. In fact, we sat on a very big log with big girth to eat our Subway sandwiches, (laughs) and I just got the hugest craving to put my feet into the water. So I took my shoes off so I could walk down and I probably took about five steps before I turned around and I was just like, fuck this. I grabbed my shoes and I wore my shoes down because it was way too painful to walk along the rocks. Because these are really rocky, even though some of them are rather small, the rocks that are along the beach here, there is no sand. It's just straight up rock. So maybe you'll have some pebbles, maybe you'll have a little bit 
larger size ones. So that's what Zane is talking about. So do keep in mind, you know, not to say you can't come out here and enjoy beach weather, but don't think you're throwing out a towel and can lay down and be comfortable and enjoy it. This is really a beach to enjoy just the, the rustic scenic view of the park. Now I did put my feet into the water. I made it down there. I wasn't saying that I was giving up. I was just saying that I couldn't walk down there. And once I actually had my feet in the water, it was freezing. My <laughs> feet went numb after staying in the water for probably like less than five minutes. Hey, man, you're a few miles from Canada. What do you think the water is going to be like in the ocean up there? <laughs> Cold. There were surfers out there. Well, they're in wetsuits. Yes. Yes, they were. <laughs> we also just took a walk down the beach with our shoes on to where they had a bunch more wood that had washed up. And do you guys remember how windy it got? Dude, oh my God, all so of a windy. sudden it got so windy. Zane and I were standing on some of the driftwood and you guys were more down on the beach. And I don't know if you guys were protected because you were a little bit lower, nope. had the driftwood blocking the wind. But Zane and I were standing out there and we honestly couldn't move. It was like, shit, <laughs> if we take a turn in the wrong direction, like the wind could carry us and blow us over. And it was really strong up there. And it looked like you guys didn't really feel it. And oh. then by the time it settled and we got off, something kind of happened. <laughs> we definitely felt it because we were standing on the rocks down on the shore and we're just standing there and this gust blows in and literally blows Leah to the ground. <laughs> she's standing one second, she's on the ground, laying down the next, and all of us are just laughing. None of us even helped her up. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so intense. Like even when Jamal and I were on the wood, you know, like we were trying to turn around, but it's like I can't turn around. Like I can't, I can't, I can't. So I feel for Leah. <laughs> so keep this in mind how windy it is, because it leads into the next part of our story, which is us leaving Rialto Beach and heading over to Soul Duck Falls. So Soul Duck Falls is about 52 miles, maybe about an hour and 15 minutes away from Rialto Beach. And again, Soul Duck Falls, we're working our way back to Port Angeles because you know as the squad, we like to start in deep and then come out going our way back to where we're staying for the night in our hotel. So we work our way to Soul Duck Falls and we get to the turnoff for Soul Duck. And then Keep in mind, we forgot to mention this too, Rialto Beach, even though it's part of the national park, they don't charge an admission fee to that portion of it. So do keep that in mind. So when we were getting into Soul Duck, they do charge an admission fee to that portion inland of the national park. And the park ranger had told us and said, well, where are you going in through here? And I said, we're all, oh, we're going to Soul Duck Falls. And she said, well, if I may advise you, I wouldn't necessarily go. We've had some serious high winds. It's blown down some trees, blocked the road a little bit. And we've actually had some trees blow down on the trail. Didn't hurt anybody, but do you really want to be out there when trees are falling? <laughs> like literally that's what she said to us of how windy it was. And there was a little bit of a discussion Zaina likes to think she's a danger ninja, really wasn't being a danger ninja, didn't want to do it, but she got majority overruled <laughs> and nonetheless, we persisted. So when she said that, we were in different cars. Myself, Jamal and Zaina were in one car and Kim was in the other car with Leah, Kyle and Ryder. So we were like, okay, well the car behind us is with us. So we were able to pull off to the side. We had a group chat like, are we going to do this? Are we going to risk our lives? Is it going to be worth it? <laughs> and the wind had calmed down by this point. So that's what played into our decision to go forward. And so we're like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's risk it. So we did it. Calculated risk because the wind had died down. It was still a drive to get to the trailhead to do Soldock Falls. So we had moments more to consider 
the danger level. But I will say this. I did see park rangers and park crews cleaning up fallen trees off of the road. (laughs) I mean, they had cones out. You had to go around it. So it really did happen. But by the time we got to the trail, I felt safer than ever. But tell us about Soul Duck Falls, Brittany. So Solduck Falls Nature Trail is a 1.6 mile round trip out and back trail and you go through the dense forest canopy and you walk over a small stream and the rocks are covered with moss and you see all of the greenery that you were seeing kind of like in the whole rainforest. Mm-hmm. And then you arrive to just this beautiful area with the cascading Solduck Falls and you're on a bridge and you can just really take in all of the scenery and the falls around you. It's beautiful. It was really nice. There was one part of the trail too where a bridge crosses a creek, but at the same time, I'm sure probably during wetter season, you couldn't do it, but we were able to bypass the bridge and take our photos like within the creek because we were able to stand on top of the rock. So there is a lot of cool features that you can come across. One of the random features, do you ladies remember they had that built up shelter that was out there right by the falls and it literally said shelter this way and we were thinking to ourselves like is this shelter here because it really gets so windy and shit falls all the time and you need to be like in a strong shelter so they had that so do keep that in mind but that was one of the weird things out there but soul duck was really really cool to see i don't want to say it's a typical waterfall because it's not Mm -hmm. but you know you're going to spend a little bit of time there looking at it enjoying it the trail itself is cool not very strenuous itself but after you spend your time there, you know, you're going to be heading back to Port Angeles like we did, which is about an hour away back to home base. You know what I think the shelter might be from? It rains a lot there. So maybe it's to take a break from the rain if it gets too crazy. Maybe. That's true. Yeah. And also this area has some natural hot springs. We weren't able to experience them because we didn't stay at that specific resort, but there are hot springs in the area. So if you do stay at the Soul Duck Resort, I think you're able to access those hot springs. I would love to go back and do that. So we drove back, called it a night, but that wasn't the end of our experience in Olympic National Park. We had another day. Zaina, why don't you lead us in to Olympic National Park day two? (sighs) Okay, (laughs) so this one is about 5.3 miles round trip. Easy day? It was the easiest day (laughs) by far. Well, before we get too far into it, it's about 16 miles from Port Angeles. And we specifically chose this one to do last because you ladies were leaving this evening. So we didn't want to have to venture too far into Olympic National Park. So it's only about 16 miles, 30 minutes away from Port Angeles. Continue on. So it was close. And I just know leading into this, Brittany was saying how this hike has a rope. So you're going to have to use the rope. And her and Jamal were like bringing gloves so they can use that on the rope. And there's a tunnel where you can walk under the highway to get to the trail. And it was super early and no one was out there. And all I could think of was a bear was going to come get us. Always thinking about bears. Always thinking about bears. And Brittany's like, no, 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 this is a popular one. And I'm like, are you sure? Like we had the trail all to ourselves. What was the trail called? It was Mount Storm King. Now I'm so grateful I didn't look this up before, but I did look it up afterwards and people's reviews are crazy. It is so steep to get to the top. That's fine. The entire time. Yeah. No, I don't mind the steepness. To me, like that's whatever. So we finally got to the, well, what Jamal thought was the top because he's leading. I want to reiterate steep. Well, when you first start off, you actually, the parking lot to this trail is by a lake. Really pretty. Then you start off 
flat for a good little portion. But by the time you see the sign saying Mount Storm King this way, you just look up and you're just like, fuck, this is a sheer cliff. And let me tell you something, you are doing switchbacks pretty much all the way up to the top. And when you think you get to the top, like I thought we got to the top and I was ahead of the girls and I yelled, hey, we're at the top. I misled them because we definitely were not at the top. We had more to go. All I heard was we're at the top and I don't see the rope. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like Jamal and Zaina said, it is steep and you're on the forest floor to start and then you end at the top of a mountain overlooking the lake. Really cool forest though. I mean, I just can't understate how cool the greenery is there and different than any other forest you've really ever been into. And I really enjoyed it a lot. So even though it is is steep i very much enjoyed this hike and the scenery that's around it if i'm being honest as much as i enjoyed the day before in the whole rainforest i found this part of olympic national park in the forest area that we were in to be prettier than the whole rainforest wow. that was my opinion bold at statement. least it is a bold statement but that was my opinion so after you get to the top well the very steep switchbacks there is a sign that says end of maintained trail, but that's not the end of Brittany's trail. You keep going and then you're kind of on the edge of the mountainside. There's very little space between the trail and the sheer cliff down to your death. That Yes. <laughs> I, I remember. Okay. Cause you guys we will we'll get to this point where you guys continued on and Kim and I did not. But when we turned around, what I remember Kim saying over and over was like, my goodness, look at the view. Look at the view. And I had to tell her stop saying that <laughs> because it was too, cause I, I was freaking out and it was really intense. Like you're walking a two foot wide trail with no protection whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The wind is intense. The wind picked up as soon as we mm -hmm. got to this point. It started getting very windy, and it was just so freaky. Because you're close to the top, and no more protection. Yeah, seriously. Every time she said, "Look at the view," I would look at the view because that's like your natural instinct, and you just realize, "Holy shit, I'm on the edge of death." <laughs> and my birthday took place two days earlier, and people tend to die within the time of like two weeks of their birthday. And I was like, "Not today. Not here." Not in Washington. I'm not done yet. My favorite part about this is leading up to this trail. Kim had looked this trail up and she was telling everyone the rope sections don't look that hard. It doesn't really look like you have to repel much. Like mm -hmm. it's not a big deal. And then we get to the rope section. And we couldn't even find the ropes. And we had a hard time finding the ropes. And of course, I'm like pretty adventurous. So I start grabbing onto the rope and I'm going up. And I think Jamal follows behind me and when yelling the whole time, Brittany, are you serious? You're really going to do this, Brittany? No well, one wants to well, do this. Because <laughs> we didn't mention Leah and Ryder came with us. Kyle did not. He had work that day. So our friend Leah and her son Ryder came and Zaina and Kim decided, I think that they weren't too sure that they were going to do it. I once we really saw sure the ropes. Zaina I was crying. Ryder was crying. And I was like, no, I think I'll stay with them. And oh, so that was my duty. Pretty much. Brittany <laughs> went on and I said, Brittany, are you serious? Like no one really wants to do it. Like I'm good at this point, but you, you know, guys are repelling but, up a cliff. You know what, Brittany, Brittany continues on. So I'm just just like, you know what? I can't let Brittany go alone. I got to go. And then when Ryder was staying behind and Leah knew that Kim and Zayna were there, Leah was like, you know what? I'm going to continue on too. Which, so, what a badass. She did this whole hike in these hiking sandals. <laughs> they were sandals and I was shocked, but she claimed that they were hiking sandals. So it makes sense that she was able to do it. But nonetheless, Leah, when you're listening to this, because I know you do, 
shout out. Proud of you on that one. <laughs> so wait, before you guys tell about your continuation up, let me just real quickly say, so at this point, it's Kim. Uh, so obviously there's six of us there. So now Kim, Ryder, and myself are turning around to go back. Now, the thing about where we got to was it, it ascended. So now we have to descend. Again, On um, this is a two foot wide trail. There's pretty much nothing on one end, but there's like a rock there on the other side of it and it's strong wind. Yeah, and you go, sorry, and you can't really stand up straight because it's kind of jagged. You really have to tilt to the edge to like brace yourself on the rock because if you stand up straight, it's not really conducive Plus it's to windy. the balancing act. Yeah. There. So I am legitimately hugging this cliff, crying hysterically. And Ryder is right next to me, hugging the cliff, crying hysterically. So I take one hand and I rub his back and I'm like, Ryder, are you okay? And he's in tears. No, I'm hanging off the side of a cliff. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, we are, aren't we? I didn't say that to him, but oh my gosh. So Kim turns, like Kim starts to go, lead us down. I have Ryder go in front of me so he can be between Kim and I. And I couldn't even walk it. I got down and I was on my butt sliding down because I didn't trust myself to walk down it and descend on such a narrow area with the wind. And I completely scratched myself up. I definitely started to bleed because it was very rough. And at the same time, I kept telling myself, get it together, get it together, because your belief in yourself on getting down is going to determine whether or not you will get down. So you already got up, you have to get down. So I just kept taking deep breaths and sliding. And I'm pretty sure that my shorts rid up and everyone could see my crotch who were coming up and who were passing me. It was very- Got a free show. Probably. Were you wearing underwear on this day? No. <laughs> what does Zayna ever wear underwear? I, I was know. wearing hiking shorts, like basketball shorts, maybe. But anyways, like I'm talking, we saw men pass us who were basically saying that no way, I'm not going to go to the Most top. Most people that passed us came back and didn't do the ropes. Well, so yeah. we continued on. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, wait, wait. Go ahead, Zayna. Wait, wait, wait. So wait, wait, wait. <laughs> We finally, <laughs> Kim gets to where the end, where the sign is, the end of the trail. Maintain. Maintain trail. Because once you pass that sign, then the trail expands a little bit more. And then we were able to sit down. So Kim says that Leah just texted her that you guys got to the top. So Kim, Ryder, and myself are sitting there waiting. Um, luckily, there's some trees now to where it's blocking the wind. And I just remember asking Ryder, are you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine now. And I asked him, did you enjoy yesterday more or today more? And he looks at me and he's like so sassy. Yesterday, because yesterday I wasn't hanging off the side of a cliff. <laughs> just like you and me both, dude. <laughs> I agree. So being the adventurous one of the crowd, I repelled up the ropes. Jamal is reluctantly behind me saying, pretty, no one wants to do this. <laughs> but you know Are what? You but, but I followed I followed on. And I just want to say what that sign means by maintained trail is the national parks no longer doing shit to maintain anything there. The ropes that we are using are not put there by the national park. These are people who are free climbers. They've put the ropes there. They've tied them to trees, tied them to branches. They've even put themselves little knots in it. So you have grip as you're pulling yourself up. So, I mean, you're really, when you're doing this, trusting the faith of the person who put it up there that this is going to hold me. 
basically the National Park Service said at your own risk, we're not going to take the liability if you continue to choose yes. to, like to go on. And so it's not just one rope. It's probably five or six ropes. And every time you get to the top of a rope, you see the next rope to grab onto. That's what I, I kept calling. Brittany, is, the, is that the top? Is that the end of the rope? And you were just like, nope. more ropes, more ropes. Like, yeah. I'm not doing it. <laughs> so there was like six of them. And they're so steep. Like if the ropes weren't there, I don't know if I would be able to do it. And it's slippery. And it's slippery. And so, the edge of a cliff. And the on edge the of the top a of a windy cliff. But like Zena said, if you're imagining yourself going down, I have imagined myself going up and getting the perfect iconic shot. And I imagined myself at the top of this mountain and I wanted to do that. And I knew that I could. So I finally get to rope five or six, make it up. And you think that would be the end, but it's not. You can't really see the lake at this point. And then you see this pile of rocks and you're like, oh shit, I have to climb up that too. So I start to climb up that. Describe the rocks though. Take us through it. It's just like you're truly at the peak of a mountain and there's nothing else to grab onto but just the rocks in front of you. There's nothing on either side. If you fall, you're going to fall to your death. You're just climbing up this like granite protrusion. So it's not like rocks that you can grab one and the rock is gonna fall like no 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 well when she says rocks it's not even like a pile of rocks you're at the top of the mountain so it's one rock but it's Mm -hmm. like jaggedy at its slope on how you're gonna climb and again if you fall you're gonna fall over because you can't even see the lake at that point because the way the rock is formed it's blocking your view down to the lake so you could only see the other side so Brittany's going first she's climbing to the top I'm behind her, Leah's behind me, and then I get halfway up to the top, finally, of Mount Storm King on that rock face as Brittany's already up there. And I say to myself, how the fuck am I going to get down this with the wind? Like, I couldn't visualize in my head the way that I was coming down. So I was literally about 15 feet from the top, but that last 15 feet up didn't scare me. It was my visualization of how am I going to do that 15 feet down and beyond. And so I just turned around, didn't do it. Lee's like, you know what? I'm going to try. And she made it to the top. So Brittany and Leah are the only ones at the top. So quickly, before you get to the top. I I pushed out. (laughs) Two questions for you, though, before we hear about the top. One is, how steep would you guess the incline of climbing up those rocks? And two, when Jamal, when you decided that, like, I'm not going to do the final 15 feet, where did you just like sit there hanging on the rocks or like, how did that? Well, see, I was visualizing even how I was going to turn myself around because I didn't even like back down, like backwards. Like if I'm going down a ladder or something, I literally turned my body around and like shimmied kind of on my ass. And I didn't know how I was going to do that for that top 15 feet because the wind's blowing, it's the cliff. And that's what really kind of scared me is I didn't have it. And terms of the angle the angle up wasn't really bad i would say maybe it's 45 a little bit steeper than that maybe up to like 60 but -hmm. again it's the wind and it's the cliff with nothing not that you couldn't hold on to the rock itself but it just seemed a little too slippery and not a lot of grip for how i would have to shimmy it down for my liking and even going down the ropes itself by the time we were going like all right fuck i didn't make it to the top now i got the ropes even going down the ropes was hard like holding going that way i even had to like 
shimmy on my ass for that and like hold on to the rope too because normally like if you have ropes and you go back down you're supposed to walk backwards down it and do it that way but it was just so steep that that didn't even seem plausible so i, I just i just shimmied my, on my ass yeah good well for you, i Brittany. can't wait to hear more about that wait but real quickly where, where did you wait while you were waiting for Brittany and leah i waited between the the mountain with no rope and then the first rope and there was space for that and uh, barely <laughs> <laughs> okay Brittany, take us to the top so here i am climbing at a 45 degree angle on this jagged rock and i feel the wind pick up and i'm like uh-oh am i gonna be able to make it to the top and then i was like you know what i'm gonna sit here for a second let the wind die down because i didn't come this far to only come this far so the wind died down and i make it over to the very end and you just get these amazing views of the lake below you and then just the forest beneath you and surrounding you. And it was just so magical. It was exactly everything I envisioned. And I am so glad that I stuck it out. And I turn around and there Leah is right behind me. And I'm like, what happened to Jamal? She's like, he chickened out. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And so we were celebrating girl power, woman power being the only two to make it to the top and like how amazing that is. And we take all of these cool pictures and we turn around and we're looking for Jamal and he's already descending the rope section ahead of us. He didn't even wait for us. Well, that was a narrow spot. So why would I wait? And secondly, I just want to throw out, I mean, again, I was like 10, 15 feet away. And in hindsight, I probably should have continued on, obviously. But I just want to throw out in my own defense, I'm taller than you guys. I don't have as much of a good center of gravity to do the shimmy down the rocks like you shorter ladies do. So in my defense, it would have been more risky for me to do it. So just, you know, in all honesty, throwing out science and facts. I'm proud of you, Jamal. Like, I really am proud of you for or not pushing yourself to do something that you didn't feel comfortable Well, I'm, I'm disappointed in myself in hindsight now. But. I mean, you, you third farthest out of everyone else in the group. But Brittany, tell us, like, how big was the mount on top? Was it, anyone else there? Well, myself and Leah, and I was comfortable with the two of us up there, and there was space for more, so the squad could have been at the top together. And I've seen pictures of more people at the top, but I'm really glad no one else was there when we were there. And how was the wind? It came and went. So we would have sections where we're like, okay, like, let's not take a picture. Let's hold off for a minute and let the wind die down. And then we'd be able to get our shot and then be able to descend down safely. I would have been more upset that I didn't make it. But the view from where the trail stops being maintained is really beautiful. And the day that we did this hike was a little hazy from the fire. So the view from the very top wasn't as good as it could have been. True. That is so true. I have no regrets. Well, even the spot where I thought it was originally the top and I said that I don't see the rope yet had a good view too to see the lake mm -hmm. at that point. So, I mean, you, you can see it on it if you don't make it past the maintain point, if you're not being a danger ninja in that regards. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely a good hike. And I did really love the whole atmosphere of the forest on Mount Storm King. Like I said, I thought it was even better looking than the whole rainforest in my personal opinion. 
and I really did like it. So you won't regret this hike at all. And if you want to do something very challenging, this is the one for you. So when Leah and I got to the top, I noticed that we also had reception and I said, Leah, you should text Kim and let them know where we are. So they're not wondering what happened to us. Mm -hmm. So that's when she texted and then we were able to make our way back down. And Zaina is like, you guys, wait, tell us about your experience coming down though. So our experience coming down, it's intense because you really are rappelling down the side of a cliff. And to truly rappel down, you are supposed to rappel down backwards and kind of lean your body back so that you're not slipping. And so I think that's probably the challengingest part is because your natural instinct isn't to lean your body back to give yourself that counterweight. It's trying to stand up straighter, which will make you slide down. So I think that's your little center of gravity. That's why I had to shimmy on my butt. (laughs) So I think that's why it was more challenging for Jamal, but I actually did pretty good. It was, it was challenging, but I felt confident that I had made it up and I could make it down. Well, I guess the Marouches think alike because I shimmied down on my ass too. Yep. (laughs) So there is Kim, myself, and Ryder sitting, chilling, waiting for you guys. I do have to tell you that while we were waiting for you, I texted my mom and I asked my mom to pray for us. (laughs) I really did. Please send all the prayers that you can. We're on a very dangerous mountain. I'm really worried about them. So my mom said she was praying and then finally you guys came and uh, go ahead, let everyone know what you said. So immediately came up to Zaina, who discounted me the day before and (laughs) said, I would not make it to the top of Mount Rainier. And I said, you know what, Zaina, I would be part of the 50 percent that make it to the top of Mount Rainier. (laughs) And I think we can definitively say now Zaina would not be on that 50% list to make it to the top. I mean, we (laughs) saw it from this one. I'm going to go highly in my favor, given the fact that I did chicken out even though, but um, I'll push myself to the limit. It just depends. I'm not going to climb up those ropes, dude. I mean, I guess it just really depends. I'm with you. I made it through the Inca Trail. I mean, I did that. But uh, I don't know, this mountain. Zana, your face was priceless. Like you wanted to say something in defense and then you thought about it and you're like, (laughs) touche. You just made it to the top. You were the, what is it? If we're six people, you were the 33% that made it to the top. That's less than 50%. Yes. And so that was really our adventures in the two national parks, Mount Rainier and Olympic. Like I said earlier on introing this episode, this was the extent of the trip for Kim and Zaina. So after we were done at Olympic National Park and Storm King, we ended up taking them to the airport to drop them off because they were flying home and Brittany and I continued on. But again, we are going to get to that in our next episode. But any final thoughts for you ladies on these two national parks that we talked about? I wouldn't do Storm King ever again. That's true. I wouldn't either. But I definitely would do these national parks again. And they're close enough to Seattle. I think it's an amazing trip. It was a four-day trip for us, Zena and I. And so I, I would highly recommend it. We'll do again. Yeah. I mean, up until we got to the point of the end of the maintenance trail, perfect trip. <laughs> <laughs> 
I would go to the top. That's my final thought. <laughs> I'm regretting it in hindsight. But, uh, you know, in the moment, I felt like I made the right decision. I'm proud of there you. There you go. I was just really impressed with both of these national parks. And if you guys haven't been, I would highly encourage you guys to go to Washington and see both of them for yourselves. And sorry, one quick final thought. I mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about Rialto Beach and how the national park didn't charge a fee at that point. Even same with Mount Rainier at some points and our first hike that we did. They did not charge us a entrance fee because we were actually going on a highway that goes and cuts through the park, but certain trails that you do within each of these both parks, then they do charge you. So do keep that in mind, depending on what you do, you may or may not have to pay an entrance fee. Wonderful. Well, that sums up this week's episode. We don't have any questions of the week, so please email them in. And thank you for tuning in and listening this week. Keep the adventures going with us, though. Instagram and YouTube at Travel Squad Podcast. Find us there. Subscribe. Tag us in your adventures and send us in your questions. Mm -hmm. And if you found the information in this episode to be useful or if you thought we were just plain funny, please make sure to share it with a friend that would enjoy it, too. Please subscribe, rate and review our podcast. And don't forget to go on YouTube. Give us some listens on there as well. Give us some likes and tune in every Travel Tuesday for new episodes. Stay tuned for next week's episode. We have some more amazing adventures and tips in store for you, specifically in North Cascades and Glacier National Park. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye.